A new world is emerging. It is a new world order. To build back better or whatever. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. To be ready for pandemic two, I, I call this pandemic one. We've got to get them vaccinated and hopefully they will do it willingly. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste. Pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack. This is Connect Those Dots. Genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. become far more godlike. Humanity becoming like the gods. Not only play God, but be God. I just told you who I thought I was, a god. Humans are now hackable animals. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it, it changes you. But I am uh, eager to move on beyond version 1.0 of our biological bodies. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will, that's over. Well, hello there, fam, and all of you beautiful little dot connectors out there, and welcome to episode 10, big episode we got going on for the 10th episode of this humble little podcast that we call Connect Those Dots, hosted by me, Joe, and can you believe it, we've made it to two digits, number 10, episode 10, and uh, I gotta tell you, uh, it's a big one. It is a big one. It's an important episode 10. We're finally going to be taking the plunge into a topic that I've been really wanting to cover for some time now. Something that I've been really wanting to explain and expose and really uh, illustrate and show how so many dots connect with this one particular topic. So today we are taking the deep dive we are submerging ourselves in the world of transhumanism. Now, we cover so many topics on this show, whether it be puppet politicians, uh, puppet celebrities, uh, germ games, uh, the attack on the children, and what I can say about this topic of transhumanism 
is that all of those topics lead into this one. I would say that this is the brightest star in the sky when it comes to connecting the dots and forming the constellation. Now, if you're a new listener and you don't know what transhumanism is, um, you can always listen (laughs) to my episode four where I, I touch on transhumanism a little bit, but today we're going into the deep dive and a little context for you if you've never heard of the concept of transhumanism. It's basically every single science fiction novel or movie that you've ever seen where it's a futuristic landscape where AI is everywhere and uh, machines are coexisting with humans and humans are merging with machines. And this is not just science fiction uh, novel TV series fantasy. This is the religion This is the primary philosophy of the world elite and the world economic forum types. And we are going to play a lot of clips today. I have a lot of clips for you, so you really got to buckle on, uh, buckle your seatbelt in and uh, really put your detective hat on and uh, get get your smoking pipe and everything and really listen to what these people are saying. And you're going to realize that this is way more than just science fiction. This is way more than just novels. Hey, I love science fiction just as much as the next guy. I love me some Blade Runner. I love uh, Alien, Terminator, RoboCop, all those things. But that doesn't mean I want to live in those worlds. Because it's always funny how in those movies like Blade Runner and Hunger Games and, you know, like RoboCop and Judge Dredd, It's always a scientific dystopia where there's poverty and crime and cesspool and everywhere looks like like, like skid row and drab and run down. And there's a scientific elite that reigns and lords above the entire world. Isn't it funny how in every single scientific sort of dystopia movie, that's how the world is depicted as a completely run down hellscape? Well, it's not by accident. This is the future that is being envisioned. So when you watch these movies like The Matrix and Ready Player One and and, and shows like, like Black Mirror or Altered Carbon, know that they're more than just a creative expression of art. They are a blueprint. They are a template of what the future is going to be like in the world that these world forecasters, these world quote-unquote elites, these decision makers for the entire population at large, the hellish settings that most of these science fiction movies take place in is their actual vision of the real future that you and I and our children and our grandchildren are going to be living in. So I think it's really important for all of us to take note and take heed and take into uh, serious consideration the things that these people are saying. I'm scared. So now that I've properly scared you, let's start playing some clips, shall we? Here is an individual named Zoltan Istvan, and he is a so-called futurist. This is what these people are called, futurist. Uh, And, uh, admitted transhumanist, so it's not just a fake buzzword conspiracy theory word that I'm using. These people are 
uh, admitted, self-proclaimed transhumanists. This is the world, this is the word that they created for themselves and their philosophies. So here is Zoltan Istvan, or Istvan, talking about voluntary amputation, voluntary brain chipping, and how excited he is about all of this creepiness. Because to you and me, this type of stuff creeps you out. This type of stuff unsettles you. But to these people, you can see the excitement in their eye. You can hear the enthusiasm in their voice. This is what turns them on. This is what gets them going. Here is Zoltan Istvan basically explaining transhumanism to you better than I could because he's really jacked up about it. This interview is from 2016, by the way. You know, I think if I did this interview with you in 25 years, probably 20, 30% of me would already be machine parts or completely synthetic. Mm -hmm. And I have friends right now who are about a year, maybe two years away from amputating a limb and um, putting on a robotic limb. The robotic limbs that tie into your neural system now have gotten so sophisticated that you can grab a glass of water, you can, um, you know, you can write with them. And in they'd, be, they'd be doing this by by choice or because of yes, that's necessity. the whole thing. They'd be doing it electively. Yeah. So you know, it's it's one thing if you've lost your your arm because you were in a war zone and you know a landmine or something like that. But there are biohacker transhumanists out there, young kids mostly, that really want to take it to the next level, and they're also trying to implant um, you know chips onto their brains so that they could be the very first people to commune with basic artificial intelligence. So they have the first telepathic communication with machines because we now have so much different types of brainwave headsets and brainwave technology that you can actually put a chip in your head and talk to your computer in a very basic, it's the beginning of the matrix. I mean, he just said so much right there, so we gotta unpack what he said. First, he's talking about voluntary and elective amputation to remove one's limb, remove any sort of bodily attachment and replace it with a synthetic limb and how this is going to be all the rage, this is going to be the new fad, yada yada. One can say that this is good for the human species at large. And then on the other hand, you can say that this is a slippery slope and this is literally playing God. And we see kind of the... um prelude to what Zoltan Istvan is talking about with obviously how integrated our lives are with technology, how we are always uh, attached to the hip at our phones, always having a screen in our face, even things uh, like, when you, like he was mentioning about the uh, voluntary amputations. We see people that get all sorts of uh, strange piercings, um, they get their eyes tattooed. There are all sorts of body modifications that happen in our society today and way more than ever before. And that is also a sort of gateway, if you will, or a appetizer to full-on voluntary amputations, replacing your arm with a synthetic metal arm or integrating... Uh, data to your actual physiology, and that's that's uh that if you think about what the Apple Watch is too, if you think about what the Google Glasses are as well, this is all attachments to your actual body. So first, it's carried in your hand, then it's attached to your body, and then it becomes a part of your body. I'm scared. 
Do you see how the cycle works? Do you see how it is a progression, how it is uh, an ever escalating practice? And he goes on to talk about chipping the brain and commuting, communicating telepathically with machines. I know, I, I, folks, it sounds crazy, but these people are dead serious about this stuff. They want to become the machines. They want to integrate their organic biology with the synthetic machines and have a completely, have a complete fusion with the machines. I mean, th this is what he's talking about. Let him go on to explain more. Right. But this is what some of these biohackers are starting to, it's, 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 it's a part of the transhumanist community, but it's sort of the, the, the real aggressive kind of young, young crowd. And I totally support it. I think it's wonderful stuff. But the arm one's very important because I actually would like an artificial arm too. I mean, it, eventually, probably in 10 or 15 years, you're gonna be able to take a football and throw it a mile. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's gonna be advantages at some point about this. The question is, you know, how will your family member deal with it? How would my wife deal with it? She's yeah. like, well, if it's some robotic metal arm, I don't like it. <laughs> you know, but it might be a warm synthetic arm that looks very similar to what flesh is mm -hmm. and still be able to throw a football a mile long. So we're going there, and I bet in 25 years, I, I might have something like that. Can you imagine that, him and his wife? <laughs> oh, Zoltan, I love your new warm synthetic silicon arm. Oh my God, it's so sexy. I think I'm gonna be sick. This is creepy, creepy stuff, folks. And essentially, they want to play God. They're not satisfied with the creation that they are. And I mean, essentially, they're, they're Satanists. They're satanic. This is a satanic philosophy with wanting to be your own God. And we'll get into more of that later, all the quotes about becoming a God and transcending and becoming more than human. These people are unsatisfied with the blessing that God has given them. And they are willingly following the footsteps of Satan in the Bible, who wanted to become his own God, wanted to transcend from God, and ultimately wanted to kill God by becoming God, by replacing God. And when I play you more of these clips, you're going to hear the tone of voice that these people use. And it's very, there's almost a disgust for humanity. There's almost a, a wanting to just discard humanity and, and always transcend and lo looking at being a human as being a, a flawed design and being a weak and obsolete design. So they want to replace God's design of the human being, which we are all designed. And they always try to tell you that, you know, you're just a cosmic accident. You're not that special as a human. Being a human is, is, is bad, we're killing the planet, yada, yada. They want to make you feel bad for being a human and then saying we can transcend from being this horrible, disgusting human. We can become God. We can become our own God. They're offering you, they're selling you on Satan's promise to become your own God. And they're popularizing it. And it's becoming more and more adopted by the public at large because it's advertised to them as the cool and right thing to do. You're your own person. Do what you want to do. You want to be any gender you want on any given day. You can do it because you're your own God, baby. 
And all this leads to is more selfishness, more debauchery, more degradation of a society, more death of morals and values. And all it leads to is just a bunch of lost souls out there that only think it's uh, about them and think the world revolves around them. And that's no way to build the society. But let's go on with some clips here. Here's Morgan Freeman. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. He's, he's the voice. He's the, the ultimate voice that everybody knows. And he's this legend. And he's this, this sort of, uh, he's like almost like this uh, fictional cartoon comic book character now, Morgan Freeman. But no, he's just, he's just a person, just like you or me. He puts his pants on two legs at a time, just like you and me. Here's him selling you on the idea of becoming your own God and becoming God and replacing God. The Bible says that God is the master of all things in heaven and on earth. That God created us and guides the world we live in. But a total mastery of the universe may not be just a divine power. It could be our destiny. Will we someday not only play God, but be God? And what will we do with our omnipotence? So there he references the Bible, and then in the same exact breath, he says, it could be our destiny to become God. So by your biblical source, Morgan Freeman, right? If I'm keeping on track with you, Morgan Freeman, and what you're saying right now into this camera for the entire world to hear, what you're saying is if we agree to Satan's offer in the Bible, because you're referencing the Bible, right, Morgan Freeman? If we agree to the offer made by Satan then we can fulfill our destiny of becoming God? That don't make no sense. So in their flowery language, in their sort of wouldn't it be great mindset, they're selling you on the promise of Satan. I'm scared. Now, am I sitting here saying that, oh, Morgan Freeman is a, is a Satan worshiper? I don't think Morgan Freeman really even believes in any of that stuff, but he's been sold on the idea and how cool it is to become your own God. He's been sold on the idea of being a super powerful superhero through whatever it is, through pop culture, through superhero movies, through science fiction. I mean, every superhero movie now, it's about you know taking some sort of injection to become... Uh, to become a god, having some sort of cosmic accident occur to you and changing your genetic makeup to make you become a god or uh, merging with a machine. Johnny Depp was in a, a movie and it's basically about him, what do you know, uploading his consciousness to AI and becoming this omnipotent, omnipresent consciousness that was just everywhere and, and anywhere at any given time. And then by the end of the movie, he like turns into like smart dust and then he gets into all the technology, he gets in the refrigerators, he gets into the TVs, he gets into all the all the monitors in Times Square. <laughs> yeah, it's true. This is in the movies. This is they're telling you these things. This is this is their religion. This is what they worship. They want to become their own god. And they think they're going to be able to do it. 
And they think they're going to sell you on the idea of becoming a god. I'm scared. Here's Michu Akaku. Everybody knows Michu Akaku. Everybody likes that guy. He uh, he goes on Ancient Aliens. He does all these documentaries. He talks about space and all this stuff. Uh, but you know what really jazzes him up more than any of those topics? And uh, you guessed it. Ding, ding, ding. It's transhumanism, baby. Here's Michu Kaku selling a bunch of poor souls on the fake promise. First, this is the human brain, the most complex object in our sector of the galaxy. 100 billion neurons that can be scanned by MRI. Neuron for neuron. This means we can digitize all the information we accumulate during our lives and upload it into a giant mother computer. Upload your consciousnesses. <laughs> fuse your consciousnesses into one big consciousness. This is what he's saying. This is what he this is what he calls quote godhood. This sounds like a nightmare. So when the singularity arrives, we will be in control. By merging with machines, we will enter a new age of superhuman existence. That in the post-human era, we become homo superior. We become a new species. We're talking about humanity becoming like the gods. What do you think? And it's really just sad, because he's talking, if you see the audience that he's talking to, they all just look like a bunch of unhealthy, uh, unhealthy mentally as well as physically, and just totally like lost souls. And you know, they sit there and they watch all these superhero movies and they, they wanna be a cyberpunk or whatever the hell they wanna be. And Michu Akaku's over there, and he's saying, uh, you're gonna become a god. Guess what? You, too, can become a god. Doesn't that sound great? Woohoo! I wanna be god, because I'm just so miserable in my life. Yes, please let me become a god. It's sad. It's really sad. Because those people will never achieve what Michu Kaku's offering to them. Michu Kaku might achieve this crazy lofty goal. He might upload his consciousness into the data stream. He might merge with machines and become, quote, a god in his own head. But do you think those audience members will ever, will ever become gods in the world that they're creating? That people like Klaus Schwab and people like Noah Harari, who I'm going to be talking about soon, and people like Ray Kurzweil, who I'm going to also be talking about soon. You think those people in the audience being sold on this false promise are going to achieve, quote, godhood? I'm sorry, folks, but you ain't getting that. There's only a select few that they want having those type of technologies when they eventually roll them out. You think they're going to make these technologies so that the average everyday uh, person that they hate, that they want to depopulate, can upload their consciousness? Nah, when they roll this out, all this fancy technology that they say is going to, quote, make you a god is going to be for them. It's going to be for the people that can afford it. It's going to be for the people that have pledged allegiance to this transhumanist new world order. And all the rest of us, all the public at large, all the people, they'll be hooked on the metaverse. They'll have the VR goggles plugged into them 24-7. And they'll be living on the metaverse, eating delivered fake synthetic food to them until they die. If they roll out these technologies and go public with them, that is the future landscape that we're looking at here. 
Joe, you, you can call me uh, Joe. Uh, you're, you're a pessimist, man. You, I'm not anything. I'm just reporting on what these people are saying and the goals that they have in store for themselves and you by proximity because they can't achieve these goals without it affecting you. And they have to figure out a way to get you out of the way so that they can achieve the goals. I'm scared. Another person with such goals is a man named Ray Kurzweil. And if you don't know who Ray Kurzweil is, uh, you're just like every other person on the planet that doesn't look into this stuff. <laughs> Nobody knows who Ray Kurzweil is, but he's a very important figure in this transhumanism movement agenda. Like I talked about before, the authors, the novel writers, they're more than just creative artists uh, depicting their vision, okay? They, they have a real vision, and they want to achieve it. And we'll talk about more of them later, but Ray Kurzweil is one of those authors. He was a fiction and nonfiction writer, a philosopher, wrote a few uh, science, science fiction novels, wrote a few uh, other books about his... Uh, philosophies and his views on where the future is leading us and his vision of the future. Now, Ray Kurzweil is one of the head guys over at Google. And what does he run at Google? He runs the language processing uh, artificial intelligence uh, initiative over there at Google. I don't know the exact title off the top of my head, but that's what he does over at Google. He basically... Uh, creates an imprint of your voice and uh, every time you're speaking near a Google device, near a Google microphone, it's picking up everything you're saying, okay? And Ray Kurzweil is running, is spearheading the initiative. Ray Kurzweil, the futurist, the science fiction novelist. So they're more than just these creators. Just like Aldous Huxley who wrote Brave New World, his brother was Julian Huxley, who founded the World Eugenics Society. And the, the Huxley family was very intertwined with the Darwin family. Charles Darwin, who we all learn about in school, survival of the fittest, a father of new eugenics, Charles Darwin. But I digress. <laughs> Back to Ray Kurzweil, okay? Ray Kurzweil, he's one of the people pushing this transhumanism movement and here's what he says. But I am uh, eager to move on beyond version 1.0 of our biological bodies. Version 1.0 of our physical bodies. I'm excited and eager to move on from version 1.0. So he's saying that your filthy, disgusting human body that's a physical body, real, it's tangible, you can touch, you can feel, you can sense, you can smell, you can hear. You got to shed that disgusting body. Because that's a flawed design, and we need to update it to get into a virtual body. Hear him talk about his ideas and his vision of your new body that isn't a body at all. And particularly when we can have virtual bodies, we can be different people in different situations, and we don't have to have the same boring body all the time. You can be anything you want. You can be a god. You can be any gender. You can be anything. Do you see how it's connecting the dots now? Are you connecting the dots? And hey, I mean, if you ever see Ray Kurzweil, if you uh, Google images this dude, I'd, I, he's, he's so damn ugly. I'd want to I'd change who I am too. And 
He's just as ugly on the outside as he is on the inside, evidently. He's ugly! 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 You see how he thinks about the human? You see the way these people have zero value for the blessing of life? That's why it's so easy for them to look the other way when millions and millions of babies get killed yearly in abortion because they don't value or cherish life. They see it as a curse. They see it as something that they want to break out of. They see it as something that they want to transcend. Because these transhumanists believe that to live is to suffer. And that being a human means that all you're going to be doing your entire life is just suffering and waiting to die. And it's a very nihilistic way of looking at it. It's a very pessimistic way of looking at it. Sure, there's a lot of suffering that goes on in life. But that's what teaches lessons. That's how life works. There's suffering and there's pleasure because there would not be any pleasure if there wasn't suffering as well. Just like there wouldn't be any light if there wasn't dark. If it's only pleasure, then it's not pleasure at all. You understand? It just is. And transhumanist David Pierce wants to alleviate you of your human suffering. Now, who is David Pierce? Well, I'll read you his bio right on Google. You type in the man's name is a British transhumanist. He is a prominent figure within the transhumanism movement and is one of the co-founders of the World Transhumanist Association. But they currently rebranded that corporation as Humanity Plus. Humanity Plus. Better than human. Better than God's design. Being a god. Evolving to new heights. That's what the Humanity Plus. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of background on this uh, fellow before I play you the clip from him. And we're going to dissect every little thing that he says. Hedonistic imperative uh, is essentially the idea that humans are going to master their own genetic source code uh, and rewrite uh, our genetic makeup so that life can be based entirely on gradient, on information sensitive gradients of bliss. So what he just said there is he has this philosophy called the hedonistic imperative. And what it means is to basically hack the human psyche, hack the human chemical distribution apparatus that's in all of us because we're, we're just a bunch of chemicals as humans. That's how you feel feelings. That's how you feel emotion. It's through chemicals going through your brain and then being expressed outwardly through you, through your emotions. So he, he's talking about hacking the human emotional system to only feel bliss and never suffer or never be sad ever again. And what this reminds me of is the, the dystopian science fiction novel, Brave New World, that was written in the 30s by uh, Aldous Huxley, who I mentioned before. And basically in that book, it depicts a sort of world where everybody is happy being basically enslaved by the oppressive government. But they're happy with it because they all they do is take drugs. The population at large is um, influenced to be promiscuous. And they're able to do this by not having mother and father, by having uh, humans be whatever gender they want to be, 
having sex all the time, and sex is like, you know, happens in public in this novel Brave New World, and um, they take drugs, as I said, all the time to help them cope with their with with any time that they might feel sad or feel down. It's called a drug called Soma, and this is exactly what Aldous Huxley was talking about in his book, Brave New World. It's exactly what this guy, David Pierce, is talking about. It's about, we want to help you relinquish your humanity by artificially engineering the feelings that you feel. And also, back to Brave New World for a second, I'll get back to David Pierce and his clips in a moment, but I'm just connecting some dots right here. I'm just going off on a little tangent, but it also uh, connects to the transhumanism stuff too. It's that the, the trans agenda is a very sort of brave new world kind of concept and all this stuff about like not saying mother and father and having the government sort of be your daddy more and more and more in this world and make all the decisions for you. It's very brave new world-esque and the way the trans stuff equates to transhumanism is that you're blurring the lines of what it means to be a human being. If you could be a man or a woman or a dog or anything you want to be on any given day and the male swimmer can jump in the pool and crush all the female competition and people say it's a good thing, but then we sit here and we know it's not a good thing because in our human nature, we're just intrinsically against it, but we say nothing, then they're accomplishing their goal of making you deny reality. You understand? It's all one and the same. Deny reality. Get away from your reality. Get away from your suffering. Manufacture and doctor your own reality so that you can cope with your life. So before I get back into David Pierce, I just want to play these two clips real fast of Charlie Kirk talking about transgenderism and transhumanism, and then it goes right into David Icke talking about transgenderism and transhumanism. I believe, and this is to go a level deeper, but you guys are smart and you'll get it, the transgender movement actually matters even more than biomedical fascism, and they actually are together because the transgender movement is an introductory phase to get you to strip yourself of your humanity to mesh with machines. It's called transhumanism. They want you to say, okay, well, I can choose any gender. Why can't I just have like an exoskeleton of some sort of machine around me? This is what meta is about, the metaverse, kids staring at screens all day long. This is documented, this is proven, this is where Silicon Valley is going. This is why they're so insistent on this transgender thing, because if you stop being a man, then maybe you can stop being a human being. Maybe you can kind of just plug into some sort of machine. This is where their control, their profit motive is coming down the stream. There's a ton of literature about this. I'm, by, I'm far from the first person to comment on it, but I'm just kind of connecting the dots for all of you. Like, what is the agenda here? Well, the agenda is kind of like Ready Player One meets Inception, where you kind of just hook up to a machine all day long and you're controlled by five companies that control your thoughts and your feelings, and the real world actually ends up being the not real world, where everyone just kind of wears goggles all day long. That's the deeper significance of the transgender movement that no one wants to talk about. Transgender, mm. where transgender becomes the dominant thing. No one can say anything about transgender, otherwise um, they're going to get the wrath. If a teacher does, they're sacked. If a parent does, then they get um, hell to pay. And what this is the sequence. Man, woman, gender, sex. Confuse, 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 
fuse one gender, no gender. That's the, that's the sequence. And so what they're doing is they are scrambling systematically the kids' perception of gender, preparing them for the no gender human, which is planned to happen in their lifetimes. That's why they want the kids now. And this is uh, why and how, and I could speak for this forever, but we, we won't in this one time. Um, this is why the propaganda about climate change is the propaganda about um, artific uh, artificial intelligence, is the propaganda about uh, transgender, is the propaganda about all these other areas that we've talked about. This is how they all connect. They're all moving to the same zero point of a completely transformed human society. <laughs> okay. Um, I have to be honest, I don't know if I'll be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> I know, it's. For, <laughs> I love that lady at the end. She's completely uh, shell-shocked by it. But, yeah, it's shocking to hear because it's it rings so true. It's so easy to get. It's so eloquently broken down, and it's so clear to see once it's exposed in front of you. And it's just another way of diminishing what it means to be a human being, going against the natural order, and being your own God, saying that God was wrong for making me a certain way, and I'm going to be my own God. And these people think that it's all fun and games and that they're being empowered, but they're really just falling for the satanic trick, basically and denying reality. So back to transhumanist David Pierce and his efforts to make uh, you uh, but not further really deny reality. Is it going to be possible for us to re-engineer ourselves? It will also be possible for us to re-engineer the rest of the living world. Uh, nature at present is essentially red in tooth and claw. A lot of nature consists of uh, immense cruelty, creatures eating each other, but in future, it would be possible to enjoy, yeah, essentially paradise engineering, life animated entirely by gradients of intelligent bliss. Uh, one needs to be quite careful here in that clearly there is a distinction between what is technically possible and what's actually going to happen. Uh, and it's worth stressing again that we're talking here about phasing out involuntary suffering. It's not as though there are any plausible scenarios uh, involving coercive happiness. So we can connect so many dots there. We can connect that to the, the metaverse dots and how they want you to be in virtual reality all the time and how you can be whatever you want to be and how Ray Kurzweil was talking about your virtual self as opposed to your physical self and how you can be whatever you want. It's just evil, man. It's just evil. They, they talk about it in such flowery language. Like, we want to save you from the human condition. And, oh, it's so hard to be a human. There's so much suffering that goes on in being a human. But what they're really doing is just denying reality. Reality is what makes you feel real emotion. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But it's real. They want to divorce you from reality. And they want to get it in your brain to go against your natural human intuitions. Go against truth. 
You can connect that dot to the explosion in transgenderism and transgender propaganda and transgender influence on the public at large that we see. Being able to deny reality, being able to say that the swimmer in the pool is a girl when he's a gigantic man and being able to sit there and say, no, that is a woman. Like, it's all steps into denying reality. And uh, same thing with the with the mask works. The mask doesn't work. The mask doesn't work. Wear two masks. Uh, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Oh, if you're vaccinated, uh, but you're in an enclosed space, you should wear a mask. Uh, uh, nobody needs to wear a mask. Uh, we got oh, we got vaccine mandates, vaccine mandates. There's never going to be a vaccine passport, though, but here's your vaccine passport. It's all about double speaking and making you disbelieve truth. And it goes back into what this transhumanist David Pierce is saying. Reality sucks. You don't like your life. Don't worry. We're going to hack your brain code and your chemical distribution mechanisms inside your body that make you feel feelings, we're gonna hack those so that you never feel the bad feelings again and you can live in your beautiful, fake, fabricated, soft, cushy, synthetic world and be your own God. Doesn't that sound great? No, it doesn't. It sounds hellish. You people are in a cult. We don't want any part of it. You can go and do it yourselves but we're not having any part of it. But the sad thing is, as much as you want no part of this, as much as it creeps you out, they're not gonna leave you alone. Because what do you think? This transhumanism stuff is just about empowering humanity? It's about not feeling bad feelings? About replacing your human arm with a robot arm so you can throw a football farther? So you can replace your human eye with a with a robotic eye so that you can you can see through walls and become a superhuman so that you can upload your consciousness and become dust like Johnny Depp in that movie smart dust so that you 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 can you can what put a chip in your brain and be like Iron Man and like have complete uh synergy with your phones and your data and your internet you think that's what this is really about well you're wrong What this really is about is about control, is about surveillance, is about you not having autonomy over your own body, and through artificial intelligence and complete biometric control, the elites basically bringing in a real dystopia, a real ancient Egypt, ancient Rome, feudalist slave class system through the power of all of this sophisticated and as they call it, godlike technology. I'm scared. I'm scared of the world out there. Because everybody always says, oh yeah, you know, new New regimes rise to power all the time. This isn't the first time that the humanity's gone through this. Look at ancient Egypt. Look at the Nazis. Look at Babylon. Look at this. Look at that. The Nazis, the, the ancient Egyptians, okay? That's all like ancient history. Like even the Nazis are pretty much ancient history at this point compared to the tech that we have now and the tech that they had. 
an authoritarian regime and, and, and conquerors, if Genghis Khan, if Alexander the Great, if uh, Xerxes of Persia, if all of these regimes had the technology that is at the disposal of the modern day tyrants, they would have taken over the world already. Alexander the Great would have taken over the world. It would have been all implemented. It would have been, I, I mean, people need to understand that this is nothing that the planet has ever seen before with the capabilities of the artificial intelligence, the tracking apparatuses, the surveillance all over the place. Like in China, there's a camera on every corner. There's a camera everywhere in China that has facial recognition and knows what you're doing. So in China, if, if you jaywalk, right? If you jaywalk, the camera's gonna see you. It's gonna recognize your face and it's going to immediately deduct points from your social credit score. That is what is currently occurring in China right now as I sit here and do this podcast. So, think about these elites and think about all the apparatuses that can be used against you. Think about the pre-programming and the conditioning that you're going through with having to show your phone everywhere you go to show your vaccine passport. Think about the conformity that they're making you submit to. Keep all of that in mind as I play you these clips of Dr. Yuval Noah Harari, mm, the crown jewel of transhumanism, the high priest, the pope of transhumanism, Dr. Yuval Noah Harari, head advisor to Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum. Now, I've played you clips of uh, Noah Harari before on Connect Those Dots, and uh, I played you that, that 60 Minutes piece that he did with Anderson Cooper talking about transhumanism when I first introduced the concept of transhumanism to you. But man, this guy is just a goldmine of evil, diabolical, shocking quotes. Like, you thought Klaus Schwab said a lot of stuff? Like, you're like, wow. You thought Bill Gates said a lot of stuff? Well, wait until you get a load of Dr. Yuval Noah Harari, okay? Let's proceed with this guy. Now, in the past, many tyrants and governments wanted to do it, but nobody understood biology well enough, and nobody had enough computing power and data to hack millions of people. Neither the Gestapo nor the KGB could do it. But soon, at least some corporations and governments will be able to systematically hack all the people. Bruh. Bruh. I mean, bruh. I can play the bruh meme a million times with this guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the bruh sound effect constantly <laughs> because bruh. Bruh. Didn't he, he just said what I was just saying. The Gestapo and the KGB couldn't do it. But we can, just, just like any supervillain, they like to tell you their plan because they're just so proud of how diabolical they are and how insidious they are and how much behind closed doors activity they can, they can scheme up and execute. They never had the capabilities before of surveilling and hacking everybody. 
all the authoritarian regimes before us, I mean, I mean, before, but now we can do it, but we love you so much. And we're, you're going to become a god. We humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are now hackable animals. Bruh. We are now hackable animals. Bruh. So it just goes back and circles back to the, and the stuff I've been talking about the entire show about not cherishing life, thinking of humans as commodities and thinking of humans as these awful creatures and accidents and things that need to be evolved from and we need to shed our human bodies. There's Yuval Noah Harari just just giving it to you, man. You're a hackable animal. We finally achieved a way to exploit human beings as hackable animals. There he is. And he's not done. You thought we were done with this creep? No, we're, we're, just, we're just starting. I'm scared. Here's him from another transhumanist conference. Data might enable human elites to do something even more radical than just build digital dictatorships. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it. And if indeed we succeed in hacking and engineering life, this will be not just the greatest revolution in the history of humanity, this will be the greatest revolution in biology since the very beginning of life four billion years ago. And that's exactly what Schwab talks about. He wrote the book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you. If you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example, it's you who exactly. are changed. Yeah. And of yeah. course, this has a big impact yeah. on your identity. Yeah. When you began to do that kind of gene editing, some people worry that you are changing what it means to be human. That's the problem. And, yeah. uh, I, it, uh, of course, the new uh, Industrial Revolution offers us many opportunities, but it raises many fold questions on the ethical, but even legal uh, implications. Talks about the Fourth Industrial Revolution all the time. And there's Harari right up there. Echoing the same sentiments here, that, that, that's him at the World Economic Forum, annual meeting of 2018, saying that we are going to play God, basically. We are on the verge of doing something that's never been done before and transcending these horrible human husks. For four billion years, nothing fundamental changed in the basic rules of the game of life. All of life... For four billion years, dinosaurs, amoebas, tomatoes, humans, all of life was subject to the laws of natural selection and to the laws of organic biochemistry. But this is now about to change. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. So we are inverting everything natural and distorting it and doctoring it and editing it to our own images, to our own 
ideas, and we will continue to do so because we're going to do a better job than what was already created. This is this is crazy stuff. This is this is satanic promises. Dr. Yuval Noah Harari is a high priest of transhumanism. This is a religion. I just want to make sure that you understand that these people are not playing games. Let's go on. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. I mean, do I need to say more? Do I need to say more? Do you understand what these people are about yet? Do you understand this is about human extinction? He just says it up there. We're going to create the new species out of inorganic material to weed out everything natural and become the new dominant species on this planet through inorganic intelligent design. Dr. Yuval Noah Harari, head advisor of Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum. Do you get it yet? Are you connecting those dots yet? Maybe you're not. Maybe you still need more. Because I got more. Oh, what do you think? Oh, Joe, that, that's some crazy stuff. There's no way he said more. Well, he has. He's going to exceed your expectations of evil, baby, because these are James Bond villains in real life. And they are motivated, and they have influence, and they are for real. And this is their religion, man. So let's go on. Let's see how, let's see how deep a hole this fellow can fill, Dr. Harari that they put on 60 Minutes, and they tell you that he's such a nice man, and they tell you that he's going to change the world, and they tell you how smart he is, and they tell you how stupid you are, and that you need to obey every little thing that he says, even though you've never heard of him, but he's a very important guy. At least they're telling you about that he exists. But now you got to see what he's actually saying. And this is what he's saying. Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Free will, that's over. That's over. Over. Today, we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, everything is being digitalized. Everything is being monitored. So let's recap what he just said all there. You're a hackable animal. You're not created by God. You don't have a soul. You're nothing but an accident. You're nothing but a piece of organic material that is insignificant in this world. We can hack you. Your thoughts are not your own. Your thoughts won't be your own. Okay? And then he goes on to say... In this time of COVID-19, in this time of crisis, this has given us the opportunity to really push our agenda even further. That's literally what he's saying. Because you shouldn't allow a good crisis to go to waste. A clip that I play in the intro of every episode of Connect Those Dots. You shouldn't allow a good crisis to go to waste because you can use it to propel your creepy agendas forward 
and make people think that it's good for them because you're a hackable animal and we've hacked you already basically with behavioral psychology and mass mind control psychosis techniques. We've already hacked you. But soon we're going to be able to really hack you. Once you get that chip in your brain, that's going to be the final straw, baby. We're already hacking you with our behavioral psychology mind control tactics. But once you get that chip in your brain, baby, you ain't going to have no chance because we'll be able to just program you, press buttons, and make you do whatever we want. Make you think whatever we want. That's what he's saying. It's not what I'm saying. That's what he's saying. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste because a crisis is an opportunity to also do good reforms that in normal times people will never agree to. But in a crisis, you see we have no chance. So so, so let's do it. And now the the reporter that he's talking to uh, asks him about uh, vaccines. Let's see what he has to say about the V word. Vaccine won't help us go the to vaccine the test, of course. The vaccine will help <laughs> us, of course. It will make things, you know, more manageable. Surveillance, people could look back in 100 years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin, which I think is maybe the most important development of the 21st century, is this ability to hack human beings, to go under the skin, collect biometric data, analyze it, and understand people better than they understand themselves. This, I believe, is maybe the most important event of the 21st century. Oh, we know, bro. We know. Wow. So let's unpack that. Again, I played you the whole clip in its entirety so you can listen to it. We're going to unpack it right now. I'm scared. The COVID crisis has given us an incredible opportunity for surveillance. And a hundred years from now, they will look back on the COVID crisis as when a new regime of surveillance took over. That's what he said. Are you thinking about what I mentioned about China and their surveillance? Don't you understand that that's a global model? Don't you understand that they want that for everybody on the planet? They want it for every city. They want it for everywhere. They want it for omnipotence. They want it for godlike control. They want to be gods. Are you connecting these dots now? They want to watch you, know you, know everything about you better than you know yourself. And then he goes on to say that under the skin, biometric data, we will know a person better than they know themselves. What does that mean? What does he, what, what does that mean under the skin, biometric data? What, what does that have to do with the vaccine that I took? The vaccine's only here to, to help cure me of COVID, right? Or protect me from COVID because it's safe and effective. Do you remember when I played you that clip of the Pfizer CEO? Talking about a a nanotech pill that you swallow and you ingest and it goes into your stomach and then it goes into your bloodstream and the lipid nanoparticles send data to uh, the company and they uh, see if you took your pills or not. And uh, it is very good for compliance. Do you remember when I played you that clip? Here, I'm going to play it for you again. It is a basically biological chip that it is in the tablet. And once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, sends a signal that you took the tablet. 
So imagine the applications of that uh, compliance. So on record right there, there's the Pfizer CEO talking about basically he basically his smart medicine. I don't know if that's a legit term, but like I'll, I'll, that, I guess that's what we'll call it. Smart medicine. And it equates exactly to what Harari was saying. And if you are still under the delusion that these injections, these shots are to help you with COVID or to help cure you or help stop the spread or whatever you want to justify it in your head as, if you're still under that impression, here's what one of the heads of the board over at Bayer Pharmaceuticals said about these injections and how under normal circumstances, people would never take an experimental mRNA injection, but under the right circumstances, they sure uh, complied. Here, they, they say it. I'm not saying it. Always remember that I'm playing it to you from the horse's mouth. Uh, ultimately, the, uh, the mRNA vaccines uh, are an example for that uh, cell and gene therapy. I always like to say, if we had surveyed two years ago uh, in the public, would you be willing to take... Uh, uh, gene, th- gene or cell therapy and inject it into your body, we would have probably had a 95% refusal rate. I think uh, this pandemic has also opened many people's eyes to, to innovation in the way that uh, was maybe not possible before. So that's Stefan Ulrich. He's one of the heads of the board, one of the head board members over at Bayer Pharmaceuticals, and he's at the UN World Health Summit of 2021 saying all of that, saying basically what Dr. Yuval Noah Harari said in the last clip I played f- I played for you from him. I know I'm throwing a lot at you right now, but you got to see how these dots connect. You got to connect those dots. You got to understand what's going on here because it's it's all about this transhumanist agenda from the transgender clips that I was talking to you about and playing for you back before to the medical tyranny, to the surveillance and compliance, to the climate change stuff and the the overall depopulation agenda and making you hate yourself for being human. And we got to get the carbon down to zero, as Bill Gates says. Uh, Probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. It's all leading to this fourth industrial revolution. It's all propelling this fourth industrial revolution that Klaus Schwab talks about. We are in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution. Technology will change everything. Business models, but it will also change society. Mm -hmm. And we have to be prepared for it. What is necessary is to make sure that the population absorbs all those changes and understands that those changes at the end are beneficial for our lives, for the quality of our lives. And what it is, is a transhumanist, dystopian, freakish, sci-fi hellhole where you're going to be hooked up to a metaverse goggles, hooked up to a virtual reality system while the freakish, crazy transhumanists cut off their arms and replace it with robot arms, gouge out their eyes and replace them with robot eyes, upload their consciousnesses into uh, some sort of creepy Borg-like data stream and have AI surveil you and monitor you and keep tabs on you as you're delivered food and, and, 
and water and appliances if your social credit score is good enough. I'm scared. That's their holy grail. That's what they're moving this world toward. That's their fourth industrial revolution. You'll own nothing, you'll have nothing, and you'll like it while we become gods and transcend humanity. <laughs> okay. Um, I have to be honest, I don't know if I'll be able to sleep tonight. Now, look, I know we covered a lot today, but to cover this topic properly and to cover it thoroughly, you really need to get into the nitty gritty. You really need to hear the perspectives of these transhumanist thought leaders. You really need to understand their perspective and that they're not playing and that they have a true vision for how they want to build the future in their image. And they have a lot of wealth and they have a lot of influence and they have a lot of mainstream appeal. You know, the average everyday person is like, yeah, I'll become a cyborg. I want to be like Iron Man. I want to be like the Terminator. I want to be like uh, uh, Ex Machina. Okay, maybe people don't want to be like Ex Machina, but I want to be like RoboCop. I want to be like the uh, the $100 million man in the 80s. I want to have convenience and be integrated with my phone and can send an email by just thinking about it and call somebody by just thinking about it. I want all these things. I want to be my own God. So they've sold a lot of lost souls on this false concept. And I honestly, I'll, I'll level with you. I was one of those people back before knowing what I know now and having the epiphanies and having the discernment that I have now. And I was one of those people that was glamorized and allured by the prospect of being a superhuman and being my own God. Because you're bombarded with that in average everyday society. You are fed that 24-7. And it grabs a lot of people because it sounds so alluring, the lie. YOLO, you only live once. Do whatever you want to do and die. Live fast, die young. You are bombarded with this message in popular culture. And it's essentially to diminish your potential as a human being. It's to diminish human beings as a species and as a unique blessing and having life that was created by a higher power, they use these type of messages to create this fertile ground inside of your psyche and inside of your consciousness so that you think you're, you're less than and you think you're useless for being a human so that they offer you this false promise of quote-unquote becoming your own god. And then you're left with no choice but to accept it. Just like those people that Michukaku was talking about, the, that audience that he was talking about. They all cheered, yeah, I want to become my own god. It's because they're miserable in their lives. And they've been told over and over again that it's YOLO, that it's live fast, die young, that you're a... Uh, parasite on the planet because you're contributing to man-made climate change and you're destroying the planet and all these things that they're told everywhere over and over again it lays this fertile ground that they get you with the false promise and it doesn't even have to be the the false promise of transhumanism and becoming your own god it's it's as little as you can be whatever gender you want or 
You don't have to obey anything. You can steal that. You can take what you want. You can pray on the weak because you're the most important thing in your life. And that's how you create degradation in a society. And that's the essentially the, the evil frequency that people can tap into consciously. Like when people are doing bad, you feel yourself tap into that frequency. Like if you ever shoplifted or like stole a pack of gum from a, from a grocery store or something, you feel on a vibrational level that you're resonating with some kind of bad frequency. You feel it. I don't know how to describe it. That's the best way I can describe it. Consciously, you know that you're doing wrong and it gives you a bit of a rush, but you still do it anyway. And the more people resonate with that frequency, the more people think that they can do whatever they want in this world and take advantage of as many people as they want and invert things to their advantage, you're further accepting the offer of Satan in the Bible when he offered Eve the opportunity to be her own God in the Garden of Eden, when he appeared as a serpent. And look, I'm not a biblical scholar. I'm never going to claim to be. But I know, what little I know about the Bible, I know that Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis was offered to become her own God, and she accepted it. Now, all these people, from Morgan Freeman to Yuval Noah Harari to... Ray Kurzweil to even Mark Zuckerberg with his metaverse. All these people are telling you that you can become a god just like Satan told Eve in the Garden of Eden. Now, are you going to accept that offer? I hope not. Because just like the story from the Garden of Eden, the offer was a big fat lie. But you're used to accepting lies as truth, right? You've been told so many lies and accepted them as truth so many times that you'll accept this one as truth even though you know it's a lie. You're not going to become no god. You're going to be strapped up to the metaverse. You're going to own nothing, have nothing. And then Klaus Schwab and Yuval Noah Harari are going to upload their consciousnesses together and surf the web together as, as, as non-human, non-organic consciousnesses as the AI surveillance watches you every day and night. Because that's, that's, that's the true purpose of this false promise that they're offering you. When they say you're going to become a god, that's what they're telling you is going to happen. So I really hope that you connected those dots on this one. Because there's a lot of dots to connect here. There's a lot of stuff to critically think about and contemplate on this one. It's a big one. It's an important one. It's the most important one. It's the brightest star in this constellation of this whole future that we're talking about here. This is the this is the, the, the shining ornament on the top of the Christmas tree. And you need to know about it. And I know it's scary. I'm scared. I'm scared of the world out there. But it's happening and it's real. And you gotta be an adult about it and recognize it and acknowledge it and voice your opinion on it. Because if you don't, then it's just going to happen whether you say yes or no. It's just going to happen to you. And then your descendants are going to be the ones that suffer for it. So, like, this doesn't have to be a taboo conversation at get-togethers. This doesn't have to be something that everybody gets quiet on or is like, oh, here we go, conspiracy theory talk. No, this is real. This is real stuff. And we have to be adults about it. We got to sit at the big grown-up table and have these conversations because... 
These, ha these conversations are happening without us. And they're being executed without our say. And they're dictating the events that are going to shape the future. Don't you want to have a say in the way the future is going to be shaped? Or do you want it to just all be dictated and all be executed by some, some creepy, freakish James Bond villain, science fiction, Legion of Doom creepazoids like Schwab and, and Harari and Kurzweil and Zuckerberg and Gates and the Pfizer CEO Borla. You want them to dictate your future? All right, good for you. Then don't talk about transhumanism. Get a, Be afraid to be called a conspiracy theorist or any store, stupid name that they're going to call you. And then just watch the world descend into a cybernetic hell world. So yeah, talk about it. I mean, it's not that hard to just be like, hey, have you ever heard of transhumanism? Well, yeah, it's a real thing. And, uh, you know, these people are really uh, pushing it. And just check a person's temperature. See if they're... See if they're even interested about it. See if they've ever heard of it. See if they know about these concepts at all. Just broach it. Hey, uh, you ever hear of transhumanism? You know, it's like a real thing that these people are pushing, right? And, you know, it's, it's, this, it's X, Y, and Z. And how do you feel about it? Do you want to merge with a machine? Do you think that's a way that the human race should be going? Like, I don't understand. Like, that's that just seems like a decent conversation to me. And then you can hear what people say. Maybe people are for it. Maybe people are against it. Maybe people don't know enough about it. But hey, it's it's real. And it's being pursued heavily with every single other agenda that you see in the world that you're distracted by and that you're talking about, whether you know it's gender, it's gayness, it's COVID pandemic agendas or vaccine agendas or Ukraine or all these things. It's all really about this transhumanism thing. At the end of the day, you should have the right to talk about it. Others should have the right to know about it. So express your right to talk about it and give others the right to know about it and be informed about it. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. There's a lot of people that lack this knowledge. And I'm not sitting here saying I'm some sort of sage or wizard that has all the answers. I don't. I don't have all the answers. All I'm trying to do is just give you the knowledge that I lacked and that the, uh, this knowledge that I think everyone should have. Play you the clips of the people saying themselves. Show you what they're up to. Show you their plans for you. Show you the goals that they're pursuing and how it's going to ultimately affect you and your life and your lineage and your legacy and your descendants. Ooh, okay. Um, I have to be honest, I don't know if I'll be able to sleep tonight. So I think I've said enough about this topic for one podcast. <laughs> and as I do every show, I'm going to close it out with a God bless peace out and please do not perish for lack of knowledge always connect those dots, dots.